Welcome to the Brothers of the Dram podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Brothers of the Dram podcast. I'm your host, AJ, with my co-host, Eric. Eric, how's it going today? It's going really well, AJ. How are you doing? I'm um, living the dream, about to drink some whiskey, so can't living complain. Living the dream. Living the dream. Isn't that what the dream is? Just enjoying whiskey when you want to enjoy whiskey? Mm, I think it's um, subjective. subjective. I think it, it depends on the person. Subjective? Objective? Su- subjective, yeah, not it's objective. It's subjective. So, you know, depends on the individual. Well, for this individual, if I can have some good whiskey in my glass, it's a good day. There you go. Living the, live in your dream. I'm living the positive vibes of whiskey. Positive vibes, living the dream. Today's topic, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about building your whiskey collection, and it kind of geared towards a lot of people who are newer to whiskey. Today, we're going to talk about whiskey clubs, which is beneficial because it'll help people who already have an idea of what kind of whiskey they want, but they want to get something special or something specific, or as Eric makes fun of me for, something limited. This mm-hmm. episode will be for you. Perfect. Before we start, the usual, Eric, what is in your glass? Well, AJ, I ha- have some High West that you actually brought over to me because we pertain to a certain uh, club. Am I correct? Yes, sir. So I'm going to pour this little guy. You hear that? Do you hear the little drill? Oh, yeah. Okay. That sound effects. Love it. So this is High West, right? AJ, do you have any more info as far as uh, how you received it? Or you know, do you want to talk a little bit more about the club? Or should we just go into me tasting it? Let's do you tasting it and nosing it because that club is going to be one of the ones we mentioned. And that's going to be the second one we talk about today. So I don't want to get into too much detail yet. Okay. So let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nose it here. So I'm getting, um, I'm getting some grape, some grapes here. And a little sort of cinnamon. Cinnamon. Nice. Yeah, if you ask me. So let me let me get have a taste here. See what I get on the palate. Ooh. Okay. Kind of um candy-ish without too much sweetness, if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I'm getting some some caramel. Definitely getting some caramel and a little bit of uh, spiciness to it, for sure. Have you had High West before? I don't remember. I have not. This is my first time. Okay, so I you like know the it. one that you the one you are sipping is a special pick, which we'll get in details about later. If you never had High West before, you don't really have anything to compare it to. But this one does taste a little different out of a single barrel. Yeah, yeah, and I have a little bit of notes here. So um, it's a hundred and two point two proof, making it. Um, 51.1 ABV. It's kind of a weird number, isn't it? Uh, not necessarily. That's how the blend ended up being. It's not, you know, nice and round like your basic 40s, 45s. But yeah. when you're doing small batch, usually they will have a decimal on the mm. percentage. Okay. Yeah, I like it. It, it. it stings a little, just a little bit, but it's it's definitely fine. And I like the, the sweetness sort of, it's, it's a different taste, kind of like, it reminds me personally of like um, 
the four roses where you know obviously obviously it's whiskey but you get like a a, a hint or a taste of like flowers in, in a way roses same thing here uh just sort of more like candy ish kind of thing so i really like it awesome man glad to hear that mm-hmm I am sipping on a – actually, i got to pop the cork. It's a brand-new bottle. I haven't opened it yet. Let's hear it. Ooh. That was a good one. That was a very good one. Mm-hmm. Nothing better than a good cork pop. I say that all the time. What, uh, what kind of bottle is it, or how many ounces is it? This is a 750 milliliter. Okay. I was going to say, it sounded a little like it might be a smaller bottle, but maybe it's just the so- cork. I think it's because, well, I could be wrong, but I think it might sound a little different because it was a brand new cork pop. There's no air inside the bottle yet. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah, you might be right. Mm-hmm. So the one I'm sipping on today is actually a scotch, and it's from the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, which, you know, later on in the episode, we'll go in more detail on them. But mine is called A Trustworthy Companion. That's actually the oh. name of this blend, right? Or not blend, but wow. this, uh, this barrel right here. Okay. And it is aged 14 years, and since it is a scotch, some people might be interested about the region it's from, and this is from Speyside. Mm-hmm. And the ABV on here is 58.6. Oh, okay. Higher. So, so stronger. We're, we're going to be enjoying some whiskey today, Eric. We're going to be drunk. I'm drunk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's already hitting me. Oh, he's already buzzed. Yep. i red when I drink, so I'm already red. You know, it's not like I always get the brother's name wrong. I think it's Randy Quaid. Oh, Randy, yeah, Randy. Quaid Randy Quaid from yep, yeah, Quaid, yeah, from uh, Vegas Vacation. Oh yeah. Let me get some of that yellow. That's what Let you sound like. Let me get some of the yellow. Don't get cheap on me. Well, have some of the um, some of the yellow, and don't get cheap on me. <laughs> That's a Vegas Vacation reference for all you folks and listeners who uh are fans of the vacation movies that's from vegas vacation in my opinion the best one. Ooh, very controversial i have to agree only because we're probably very biased because we love vegas but i'm sure a lot of people would disagree if not most and say the original and maybe even christmas vacation is better than vegas vacation but i love that movie I guarantee it's biased. Well, not guaranteed because some people probably do like it just because they might think it's a better movie. But for us, guaranteed, it's biased. Anything Vegas, we love it. Like we yeah. say it all the time. We're suckers for it. Just like you're suckers for Special Edition, we're both suckers for Vegas. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah. When I nose this scotch right here, I get a lot of melon and banana notes on it. Mm. Melon, so- huh? Yeah, definitely melon. That's uh, it's actually melon is peeking through a lot more than the banana. It's more like a it definitely is like a fruit medley type of nose. Nice. Which I find I like those kind more. Is that so? You just purchased this bottle, or yeah, this one I got. It was part of their. Um, well, I don't want to go into too much detail, but every May there's a Scotch Festival month, and mm. this bottle's from that festival. So I did recently just get it. Oh, okay. There. That's all. That's all you need to say. We can circle that's back all after for now. Yes, we'll get back to that. Okay. Cool. Let's jump into it, though. Let's jump into it. Let's talk about how to get some whiskey. Let's do it. I'm not sure if everyone is familiar with Flaviar. I, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. It's spelled F L A V I A R. And I know on social media, like through Instagram, us having our 
Brothers of the Dram Instagram account this advertisements or were they what do they do on Instagram sponsored posts or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Sponsored posts or well, those always show up on our feed because they're always doing sponsored advertisements for their whiskey club. And so I figured might as well start there. A lot of people probably know about it or have heard about it. Oh, good one. We are not members of this company. Reason why is because we looked into it and for our personal goal or I don't want to say goal, but our wants, it wasn't really in our direction. But I want to talk about it because our listeners might be interested. All right, let's do it. They have three different categories when you sign up for the membership. The first one is, this one's kind of pricey. It's $100 for the standard one. And the way it works is they send you a sample pack of whiskey. So it comes with three little drams. I think they are three-ounce pours, but I'm not 100%. And then what you do is after you taste it, you have access as a member of theirs to their website where you can make purchases of different bottles. Why is this good, you might ask? I'm glad you asked, Eric. Let me tell you why. Why, AJ? <laughs> you can't give me a chance, dude. I, don't, dude. I don't have to give you a chance. I can be you and me. I can run this podcast by myself. Go for it, dude. I'll be off on the next one. No, it's okay. It'll uh, go downhill I'll, fast. I'll <laughs> backtracking over here. We need your comedic relief. 95% of the entertainment. 95.2. You know, got to do weird like the ABV. Got to give it a weird decimal. Yeah, just like that. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, they want to go and get whiskey. But some whiskey, if they know what they're looking for, is hard to find. A simple option would be Eagle Rare. That comes out at certain times of the year. You can easily pick it up for $40 in some places. But places like Flavier will have it more often for you where you can go on their website and pick it up Mm. issue with them though most of their whiskey you are going to pay a premium even though you are a member so you're going to have access to buy the whiskey you want but you're going to be paying above msrp Mm. that's never fun that's never fun it's never fun now granted i've paid above msrp for balls i've been hunting for but i'm not willing personally to do a membership and still pay a premium for a bottle of whiskey Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense. They do have two other memberships you can go with. They have their premium membership, which is $180. Seems kind of pricey. But a you month? get a choice. Uh, not a month. It's a one, It's for the year. It's a one-time fee for the year. Oh, okay. So you get access to four products with them. You can order four different bottles from the range of the price range that they allow you to get it from with that price, as well as the samples. Another thing with this membership is that if you're learning about whiskey, they do virtual tastings. So you can go, I'm assuming, again, we don't have this membership, so I can't speak too much detail. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you go on Sp- on Skype and you have video conferencing where you can talk to people who are possibly sommeliers, where you can discuss the whiskey and maybe give you an idea of different kind of palate profiles you should look for in the future. And like lastly, they're all access membership. Now, this one is comes at a hefty price point of $279. Dang. And oh, and check this out on the website. And keep in mind, these prices are as of this recording. So the price is subject to change. Mm-hmm. But for their website, the regular price for their all access is $350. Wow. And it might be because of Father's Day, but right now they have it on sale for $279. Oh, okay. Now, with this membership, it's kind of nice because if you're willing to drop this amount of money, they do allow you to choose a tasting box, which is the three sampler, as well as one bottle every quarter for the whole year. Oh, okay. That's that not bad. Is benef- it's not bad at all if you're considering the fact of getting the four different bottles, 
but just consider what you're getting and if you're actually getting the value. Like, for example, they don't have it on their website to my knowledge, but you're not going to pay, you know, $280 for membership and get a $17 bottle, a $17 bottle of Jack Daniels Black. Yeah, right. You know, or like Maker's Mark 46 or anything like that. You're going to want to get the ones that you cannot find. Okay, gotcha. Uh, that makes sense. Okay. Well, when I went to um, when I went to Ireland, actually, um, Jameson had their own club as well, and I remember looking it up and thinking, "Oh no, I think it was like 500 euros to join." But I think it was only locally, and they I think they had just started, and it was only 500 members or something um, at first. Um, it was called the Barrel Club Middleton Distillery uh, membership, I guess or the barrel club and um yeah i didn't see the details but that was the club that they have over there too so i wonder if that would be worth it but i think i'm sure it's only for people who live in ireland or dublin it might be beneficial if depending on how they run it for people who are like you said based there for the simple fact that they might do allow you to come in for like free tastings once a week or once a month oh yeah that's right yeah you know i mean those kind of benefits because i can think of wineries as a wine member you know you buy your wine based on every other month quarterly however that winery does the membership but then you also can go to the winery for free tastings oh okay i see yeah they were advertising it when we were there you got like two really cool like they look like drams but they have like the stem like a wine glass so it came with like a bottle and two of those and like the logo of the club and it looked really cool. That's like enough for me to look it up. But yeah, not available, I guess, here, at least not for now. Were they actually wine glasses or were they like smaller, like a Glencairn, but on top of a long Yeah, a Glencairn. Stem? Sorry. Yeah, a Glencairn. It looked it looked like a Glencairn with, so with that, the stem. I cannot think of the name. That has that glass has a specific name to it. I think it starts with a C. Um, but I do not remember. Oh, my mm. God. But those glasses, if I'm picturing the correct one, they're very fancy. Yeah, they look very fancy, very elegant. So, yeah, you got you got that when you joined. Maybe we should invest in not the club, but some of those glasses when we want to get fancy and put our pinkies up. You know, I have on our list a topic for us to cover in future episodes is pouring this you know one bottle of whiskey into different glasses and see if it changes the palate or the nose of the whiskey mm. so if okay. we do pick up a couple of those that would be nice to add into the mix yeah that would be nice yeah so you have a uh, plan to just pour it into different the same whiskey into different types of glasses or vessels yeah when yeah when you and i have a chance to meet up and do a recording in person i pictured doing maybe about like six different glasses everything from highball rocks uh, Tular, I believe it's, that's how it's pronounced, uh, mm. Glencairn, and then the one you're mentioning as well, and see if it changes. Because remember how we talked about when it has the snoot at the end of the Glencairn? It's mm -hmm. designed to keep and entrap the notes, so that when you smell it, you're getting a good nose of it. Right. Okay. So I would think if you're comparing a Glencairn with the whiskey in it to a rocks glass, for example, that has a wide nose, is going to change how you're smelling it. And we might even be able to debunk it. Maybe it doesn't change anything. And people yeah. are just spending money on more glasses. That's true. We can uh, experiment. Exactly. Just like you did in high school. Oh, God. Here we go again with Eric and his jokes. Huh? Oh, such a sorry. funny guy. Such a funny, funny guy. Funny guy. Funny <laughs> guy. That's all I had to talk about with that whiskey club. 
Um, if you're considering to join that one to check it out, again, it's Flaviar. It's F L A B I A R. It's Flaviar. It's French. Flaviar. <laughs> Flaviar. You never heard of it before, so how do you even know? True. Yeah, true. The second whiskey club I want to talk about is one that I kind of fell into. Well, we kind of fell into it. Eric and I, we are Patreons of different whiskey tubers. They have their own whiskey channel. Um, we watch and learn about whiskey from some of them. And I became, well, I'm sorry, we became members of the Mash and, Jer- Mash and Journey Whiskey Club, which is a combination of our friends Jason from the Mash and Drum and from our friend Scott from My Bourbon Journey. They collaborate together to create this whiskey club. The way to become a member is simply by becoming a Patreon. Eric, how I mentioned earlier in regards to the pricing for Flaviar, where the cheapest one was $100 and the next one was $280, which allowed you to get the samples and then allowed you access to purchase their whiskey. Mm-hmm. For this one, I'm going to highly recommend it for people who want to get bottles of bourbon. That's, and keep in mind, this is for bourbon specifically so far. They've done bourbon and I believe they've done a rum, but nothing with scotch because they are based over here locally in the States. But for a low starting fee of, I believe, to join the Messenger, not the Messenger Journey, I'm sorry, to join the My Bourbon Journey Patreon, the lowest amount to start is a dollar a month. Oh, wow. That, yeah, easy to get, become access. And then if you're a member of the Messenger Drum Patreon, it starts at $3 a month. Now, okay. I'm not going to get in too much detail about how they run their Patreons because there are different tiers. And based on the tier of what you pay monthly, you get access to perks. I believe after like three months, you depending on your tier, you can get a free Glencairn from them, a free shirt, and so on. So again, if you're interested in joining these, check out their Patreons. One is the Mesh and Drum, and the other one is My Bourbon Journey. Nice. I talked about the tiers with their memberships. Here's where their tiers come to importance for people who are trying to get exclusive bottles or exclusive picks. Okay. First of all, the reason why I mentioned these guys and why we are members of them is because we trust their palate. Jason and Scott are very good when it comes to identifying notes and flavors. As you notice, me and Eric, we'll, we'll nose the whiskey and we'll talk about the flavors that we're getting out of it. Rather, it's butterscotch um, or like Eric mentioned earlier, grape out of his. Mm-hmm. These guys will have such depth palate that they are talking about like, you know, it's Fruity Pebble cereal. They'll talk about it's like a steak dinner with mashed potatoes and so on. Like wow. really being intricate with their uh, descriptions of the whiskey. Yeah, they really know their whiskey. They do. They've been doing it for years. So that's what was the benefit of becoming a member for someone like us. Well, Eric, you are starting your collection. Mm-hmm. And as we all know, I have a pretty deep collection. So I am no longer, well, I, I lied. It's not that I'm no longer looking you're, for this whiskey. You're no longer an amateur. Uh, when it comes to my collection, I'm going to say I'm no longer an amateur okay. because I'm trying to get the harder to find bottles or ones I can't even get a get at my local stores. Mm-hmm. For example, I, I did find it recently in my local store, but one of the bottles that they had was Duality. Have you ever had that one before? I have not. Mm-mm. So it's a double malt rye whiskey. And the notes that they got on this one was root beer. And I uh, do you love root beer, Eric? Um, actually, I'm not a big fan, to be honest. Oh, my God. Sorry. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah. Yeah! Alright, well, I love root beer. So when I found out that they were getting root beer out of this pick that they did, I decided I gotta get my hands on it. And once they released it, I was able to order it. Again, the nice thing, that duality at the time was not in my local liquor stores. 
So I got a bottle of bourbon that I never had. And then it had notes that I know I like thanks to their palates. Oh, okay. So they've, they've helped you pick out what you like or they've helped you make selections. Exactly, which is nice for people who are no longer looking for your regular bottles that you can find that everyone knows about that's advertised everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Jack, we can't talk about enough. Um, Crown Royal, uh, Dalmore, if you're going to go to the Scotch side, Jameson, yeah. Johnny Walker, so on. If you're looking for something that you that's always out there and advertised, this is nice to be part of a club. Because not only do you have access to these bourbons that they are working and picking Again, trusting their palate, mm-hmm. but you also create a community with these clubs. So we are part of their Discord community where we chat with other members and we learn about people's palates, what they like, what they're finishing, and what their bottle triumphs are, meaning bottles that they finished, just having a good conversation. Yeah. Derek, in your opinion, as a guy who's getting new to starting his whiskey collection, mm-hmm. does this sound like something that you're happy with being part of a whiskey club? Or do you think, you know what, I'm still new. Maybe it's best I just stick with the store-bought ones. Well, um, probably a little bit of both, you know, just because I don't think I'm ready to dive in too deep. But I also like, you know, um, the fact that it's like a community and that you can get a lot of, like, good advice, especially advice to help you really find your palate and your preference um i would say yes if you're willing to go that route and dive that deep into your whiskey experience but then i would say no if you're just starting uh and you just want to start and you want to start with the basics the jacks the the jamesons you know all that stuff the jim beans so i don't know i'm kind of like in between but i think it's great i think it's totally great and i I personally i wouldn't mind diving a little deeper into it at this point for me so, yeah, I like it. Excellent. Excellent. So the cool thing that I like about being part of this club is that they create their own stickers. What I mean by that is I love stickers. <laughs> is that from a movie? No, I just made it up okay. myself. OK, well, I guess sometimes, I love stickers. Sometimes I make things up myself, too, AJ. That's OK. I guess we'll allow it. We'll let the listeners enjoy you making up stuff. Yeah, you put it on your water bottles. Yeah, water bottles. So this, when I say stickers, I'm referring to like a big sticker that they put on it as like a label on their bottles. Oh, a label. Come on, AJ. Well, it's a, it's a label. They're called stickers, but it represents the label. So the front side of the bottle, for most of them that you get from this club, it'll be the regular bottle. So, for example, the one that you're drinking, Eric, mm-hmm. it's the, reg, it's the uh, straight bourbon High West. So the front of it will look like the High West that you can buy in a store. Okay. But the back of it will have that special sticker on it. Reason being is because that was a barrel that they tasted. So Scott, Jason, sometimes they'll have other Patreons ask to help them pick a bottle. They'll taste, um, I believe the ones I've seen, anywhere from four to six different barrels. And then they'll pick, in their opinion, what the best one is based on the notes that they get. So this specific one, since it's funny that you mentioned the grape, Eric, the note out of it. Because the actual label of this one that they gave it was High West Grape Ape. Oh, yeah. So then it must be really potent you know, in the flavor for them to even put it on their own label. So they must, have, they must have really used a lot of grapes on this one. Actually, they don't use any grapes in whiskey, Eric, but <laughs> <laughs> that, that note is coming out. Another a- uh, amateur comment there. Yeah, if anyone's at home thinking about, oh, man, these guys are getting, you know, strawberry notes, grape notes. No, they're not mixing strawberries, grapes. Not even um, one grape maybe accidentally fell in there. I'm going to say no, but you never know. I'm not the distiller. It could be a possibility. You never know, AJ. So, 
Well, I'll, I'll tell you this little secret for you and all of our listeners. Okay. With wine, sometimes tarantulas do fall in that mix. Whoa. And they have to, and they have to filter it out. And toenails when they're smashing the grapes. Possibly. But actually, nowadays, they don't stump it with their feet anymore. It's all by machines. Oh, I've been watching too much I Love Lucy again. There we go. Hm. There you go. Your, your first love, dude. No toenails. Okay. <laughs> Before we move on, the one last thing I do want to mention about this specific club again, you can sign up as being a Patreon for either the Mash and Drum or My Bourbon Journey. But based on the tier you choose also allows what time you can pick the bottle. What I mean by that is let's say, for example, tomorrow is a release and they're releasing the High West that Eric is currently drinking. If you're a top tier Patreon, again, I do not know all the pricing. You guys can take a look on their websites. But top tier Patreon will get first pick. They will get it at, for example, 3 p.m. Second tier can pick theirs at 4 and so on. Oh, so by nice. if you're on the lowest tier, you get the last dibs. And if it sells out before it gets to you, unfortunately, you cannot get a bottle. Oh, I see. One okay. thing that – well, not one thing, but another thing I really like about this club here with the Mash and Journey – is they if they don't have a lot of bottles to be sold, they limit it to one per Patreon to make sure that it goes across all tiers, that everyone who is a Patreon has an option to purchase that bottle. And by the next day, if it's not sold out, they then open it for others to get more bottles. Mm. Okay. Which I think is a fair, a little, a fair way a of little, doing it. A little routine, a little thing they got going on. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. Definitely. So with that said... Before we move on to our last club that we're going to be talking about, mm-hmm. it's time for Eric's favorite time of the of the podcast, Uh-oh. Whiskey History. Whiskey History, Whiskey History, Whiskey History with Eric. <laughs> That's our new jingle. <laughs> That's our new jingle. <laughs> oh, dude, I loved it. That's... I just I just made that up on the spot. On I the spot. I, I didn't even put any thought into it, and I just came out. It's the high ABV, the grape ape that you're drinking. Right? It's this guy, right? It's this drunk. That was pretty good. I'm actually kind of impressed with myself. Dude, I kind of want to like record it with a little background jingle, like a yeah. little song note, and you, then you, actually yeah. plug it in. Yeah, you need to you need to cut that and then put a little background jingle and then it's gonna be like from here on out when we do whiskey history it'll be like the intro. That's gonna be awesome. I like it. Yeah, it's gonna get all the history buffs really excited. <laughs> or hopefully they're drunk by the time it comes up too. That's true. But I thought it was damn good. I thought for being on the spot that was damn good, Eric. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, like so it. let's get let's get into it, shall we? Dive into it, but so today we're gonna cover uh, Jim Beam. Jim Beam is. Jim Beam. A, are you a fan of AJ? Are you a fan of Jim Beam, AJ? I do like Jim Beam, and uh, before you continue, Eric, I do have mm-hmm. a bottle of Jim Beam since you and I are both Dodger fans, mm-hmm. uh, and and I am the guy who loves limited edition shit. Yeah, of course. I do, <laughs> mm-hmm. I do have a limited edition Jim Beam with the Dodgers logo label on it. Yes. So yeah, I'm a fan. Yes. It's time for Dodger baseball. It's time for Dodger baseball. Now cut it. Cut that. Put Vin Scully. It's time for Dodger baseball. Put a, put yeah, a clip I, of Vin Scully. 
I will. I'm just going to t- completely take my voice off and put Vin on there because R.I.P. Vin. R.I.P. Vin. He well, AJ. He's not uh, dead, but he <laughs> is. Thinking, uh, <laughs> he is retired. I'm thinking he's sicker. <laughs> <my bad. laughs> don't you? Oh man! Don't you kill Vin off? I will. Don't you dare kill him I, off. I think, I think I actually might actually edit that whole thing out because I don't want to put anything in the air with that. No. Oh, dude, you'll be, all the Dodger fans, including me, will come after you. Oh, I want to punch you in the mouth so hard right now. <laughs> don't you ever say anything about Vin in a negative way, ever. That's my bad. That's my bad. Oh, Sorry. my God. You almost killed him. Jesus. Okay. Whiskey history. Whiskey, whiskey history. history. Back to Okay, back to whiskey <laughs> history. So Jim Beam, apparently they're considered the first family of bourbon. So I don't know if you knew that, but their history goes back like seven generations. So like more than 200 years, like before, like um, before we were even a country. So like in like the 1740s or something like that was when the family came, came to the United States and they were called the, the Boehm family. So B O E H M. And I don't, I'm not sure exactly where that's from, but they arrived in America and then changed later changed their name to um beam to be more um actually they were german they were german and they americanized quote unquote americanized their name to beam um just to, i guess fit in or whatever but um they moved over to kentucky after they were you know settled in the colonies i think they were doing some kind of program where people can uh settle there and they would get land so they started um growing corn they started growing corn in the late 1700s which was pretty cool um, a lot of people were already making their own whisk, their rye whiskeys, like in Pennsylvania and places like that, like re- recipes that they brought from home. So a lot of German, Scotch, and Irish folks um, settling in the U.S. And the Bean family was no different. So they started distilling their own their own whiskey. So I guess the first distiller or master distiller was. Uh, a gentleman named Jacob Beam. So he was a corn a corn farmer. So that's why that's the whole reason why they went to Kentucky. But they later started um, barreling their own their own whiskey, and they called it Old ja- Old Jake Beam Sour Mash. And that was in I think 1795. So that was only three years after Kentucky became a state. So these guys have been here wow. for a long time. Yeah, long time. They kept going into the 1800s, and apparently there was a ton of distillers in Kentucky at the time. I guess over 2,000 in the 1800s, which is wild. I don't know if it's just people doing it like in their, you know, in their backyard or whatever. But there was a lot of people uh, making whiskey at the time. Obviously, they started passing the torches down um, generation to generation, and then it wasn't until 1820 where I think it was his son, J- um, David Beam started to uh create he created a distillery so at the time they were just sort of distributing all of their whiskey sort of locally and um they weren't bottling it they were just sort of storing it in their barrels and then filling them up um in other like places other barrels from like storefronts or whatever so they weren't really getting around or you know transporting to really expand and then all that pretty much changed after um, they started using boats. Uh, and then after that, they started using trains. So then they were able to really um, start distributing all of their whiskey. 
which is kind of crazy. Like there was these these this process, these steps that they took to grow. And it's just because of the times, you know, when we started using boats, when we started using more, you know, uh, railway, the railway for transportation. So during this time, they apparently would transport their bourbon in uh, there was a barrel shortage. So they started to barrel their whiskey in um, used uh, like fish and vinegar barrels. So obviously that was an issue because that was going to change the whiskey probably drastically, at least the taste or the smell. So because of that, they started to, that's how they came up with burning the inside of the barrels. So to remove those smells and, um, and to better um, store the whiskey, which was kind of cool. I guess that's how um, charred oak barrels originally started from that sort of like issue. Of, so um, you're saying, so you're saying that Jim Beam created the charred barrels? Um, I don't know if Jim Beam specifically did that, but that's was that's what was happening at the time in like the mm-hmm. 1800s. So I don't know. I don't want to give credit to Jim Beam for that, but that's what um, everybody was kind of going through. Like, oh, we, we need a we, we have a shortage on barrels. Let's use these fish ones. Oh, they stink or the it ruins the whiskey. Let's try burning them. And that's how it started. But I, I don't want to give credit to Jim Beam. And if it is, if it was Jim Beam, that's my bad. But um, I think that was just an overall issue of the time and how that mm-hmm. started. So it was pretty cool. So then, you know, obviously they started to, you know, use, you know, the automobiles and things like that. So like in the 1850s, um, I think another son took over. I think his, his name was David Beam as well. So they started getting popular and that's where they started using the railroad line and really sort of making it uh, Jim being like a national brand. So already in like the 1800s, they were they were really distributing everywhere. So during the Civil War, apparently um, General Ulysses S. Grant. Are you a Civil War fan, AJ? I'm familiar with it. Do you know who General Ulysses S. Grant was? Yes, sir. So uh, he apparently liked Jim Beam, I believe, or or just whiskey in general to the point where President Lincoln was like, you know, find out what he drinks and send send a case of what he drinks to my other generals. So I think I think it was Jim Beam that he was into, but I could be wrong. So you guys can fact check me, all the, any of uh, the listeners. I don't know if it's just whiskey in general or Jim Beam specifically. But anyways, so late 1800s. Uh, another son, I guess, um, took over. His name was James Beam, and he was known as Jim Beam to all his friends and stuff like that. So I don't know if I mentioned, but they used to call their their whiskey something else. So by this time, they were calling it Old Tub. So it was like one of the first national brands, bourbon brands. So um, Old Tub is is Jim Beam, but um, by the time Prohibition uh, occurred. They kind of like everyone else. They had to stop, you know. They had to halt all of their business. Um, so they stopped making Old Tub, and um, Prohibition lasted like what, like twenty years or almost twenty years. This poor guy had been living, breathing, eating, breathing, and sleeping whiskey because he came from a whiskey family. So the poor guy had to wait. Thir- oh, I'm sorry, it's thirteen years. So Prohibition lasted thirteen years. He had to wait thirteen years to 
restart like his life's work so he had to give up his life's work and redo it restart again and apparently like he didn't um stop he was 70 years old when prohibition ended so he's like screw this i'm gonna we're gonna continue we're gonna start again and we're gonna make this and that's when they started calling it jim beam he was able to um to create what we call jim beam now after prohibition which was like 1933 or something like that so they built like a whole giant uh, distillery in uh, Claremont, Claremont, Kentucky, I believe. Um, and apparently he did it so fast that because, you know, he was older and he wanted to, you know, this was his life's work. He they built the distillery in like 120 days. And that's how they were so like adamant in building this because this guy's dream. So he like Walt Disney it. And it's like, <laughs> we're going to make this happen right now. <laughs> If you dream it, it can happen. Right, exactly. So, um, so that's pretty much it. So they lost the name to Old Tub, and it became uh, Jim Beam, and and now they're basically world known. You know, they started uh, to advertise a lot um, during the Second World War. They were doing a lot of advertising and things like that, and they were shipping cases to like servicemen. So um, they were introducing Jim Beam to the globe. Because of that, because of the men who were overseas and they were sending them the packages, obviously those soldiers were sharing some of their, you know, their Jim Beam to other people. So it became world world known, which was awesome. You know, that's like a, I guess it's something they probably didn't expect. But yeah, that's how they got even bigger. And that's that's where we're at. You know, Jim Beam, you know, 50 years later or 70 years later after the war, we're they're still, you know, selling and they're big. Like even um, President uh, Lyndon Johnson declared it America's native spirit. So, oh. yeah. So it's, you know, it's just been part of American history, which is kind of weird. Even before, like, you know, settlers to like uh, colonize people to like, you know, or the colonies, the original colonies, the migration west, the wars. Uh, prohibition so they've been like like paralleling um america's history which i thought was really impressive i didn't know jim beam was that integrated into our american history me either that's awesome yeah good stuff huh that is um let me ask you this you said correct me if I'm wrong but you did say because of the war that's how jim beam ended up being tasted or known through other countries you said that right um, during the Second World War, it kind of like, yeah, exposed it, um, exposed Jim Beam to the rest of the world, or at least where men were stationed, because they were se- they were sending it over to those men, to those soldiers. Was Jim Beam the first bourbon to go international? That I don't know. I, my okay. guess might be yes, because they started so, so soon, like they started so before even... Before even like we were a country. So they might have had an advantage in that sense because they were they were, you know, they are one of the originals. But I don't know because I'm not sure if, you know, like Jack Daniels started advertising better or what or if they were also sending, you know, things to troops. Mm -hmm. But um, maybe I would say there's a good chance that they probably were the first ones to go international. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's a good story. I had no idea about most of that. So that was good stuff, Eric. Thank you for bringing that. 
no problem, dude. I, I, I like to do my research and I like history. And, you know, we have a new jingle. So you, I, had to, <laughs> I had to make it a good one. I had to introduce the jingle and I had to provide a good, a good uh, historical background on a very popular brand. So since you introduced the new jingle and historical background, mm-hmm. I think we also need to introduce a drinking game during Whiskey History. Oh, because okay. when I was when I was editing the last couple episodes, I noticed when you're doing your history talk, you mm-hmm. do say it's pretty cool a lot. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking as long as you're not driving people, if you're listening and you're at home, take a shot every time Eric says, yeah, and it's pretty cool. Oh, dude, they're going to die of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> they're going to dude, you're going to you're going to call me out on the podcast of yep. me saying too much. That's yep. cool. So now everyone's going to listen for it. We're going to have shirts made. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. With a little like dram or a little glass with like some whiskey on the rocks or something. And we'll do your jingle on the back. That's cool. And then the jingle on the back. I already forgot the jingle, but I'm glad we have it recorded. <laughs> yeah, the good thing is recorded because I already forgot exactly how it went. All I know is that the end goes with Eric. Yep. That's all. That's the only part I remember myself. <laughs> Save it. Put it on a clip. Send the clip to me. Or you can just listen to the podcast. Well, I want to have the clip, too, you know, so I can use it, you know, at certain times. Fine. When I edit it, I'll uh, highlight that one section and send it to you. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome, cool. dude. So thank so, you for bringing a little history. Oh, you, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's it. That's all I got for whiskey history. Awesome. Thank you for bringing some whiskey history on Jim Beam. That was very good. I personally really enjoyed it, and I hope our listeners did too. Cool. <laughs> Moving. <laughs> oh, man. Moving on to back to our topic of the day, whiskey clubs, memberships, and everything. There's one more I want to talk about. And that is the other one we are members of. And that's what I'm sipping on today. The Scotch Malt Whiskey Society of America. I don't recall. Have I ever gave you a taste of one of these before? Uh, It doesn't sound familiar, to be honest. No, I don't think so. Well, before I head into the price and become a member and everything, one of the things I really liked about this company here is how unique they are. The reason being is because you're buying bottles with their name on it. Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. They do not make their own, though, similar to some other whiskey clubs where they pick their barrels. Mm -hmm. And what they name their bottles are things off the wall. Like, for example, the one I'm drinking today, a trustworthy companion. Does that tell you anything Mm -hmm. about the whiskey? Um, It's a dog. (laughs) Yeah, a.k.a. Frodo. (laughs) A.k.a. Frodo. Um, So I was going to ask, so they partner up with distillers? Ooh, yes, they do. You know, I'll just touch base on that right now. Okay. So each of their bottles, they're called society cask numbers. So that's how they identify each one. If you go on the website, you type in their cask number. That's how it pulls up that specific bottle. Now, the way it works, it's a number with a decimal and then other numbers after it. Based on the first number. So, for example, the one I'm drinking right now, a trustworthy companion, which I think still might be available. I think there's only like seven bottles left on the website. For the record, once they're sold out, you're never getting this bottle again. It's gone. Mm. That's how limited these are. Dang, okay. And so, for example, mine, the cast number is 2.127. Now, that two, before the decimal, it represents the distillery it's from. But they don't want you knowing what distillery it's from. Reason being Mm. is because they don't want you to have the mentality of, for example, let's say it came from McAllen. People who do not like McAllen, they're going to be like, oh, I don't want that bottle. But this bottle, the flavor profile, was specifically picked by their masters 
not master distillers because they don't make them, but they're, I guess they're sommeliers, picked by their whiskey sommeliers. It's mm-hmm. that good. So they don't want you to judge, you know how we talked about before judging a whiskey by its bottle or by the label? Mm-hmm. They don't want you judging the whiskey by the distillery. They want you oh, to trust that makes them. Sense. That makes a lot of sense. And that's why I became such a big fan. I'm learning, not necessarily learning because I don't know what distillery it's from, but my palate is growing across so many different kinds of flavor profiles now because I don't know exactly what I'm getting. Now, do you know if they're using a specific number of distilleries? Or is it like we only we're working with two, we're working with five, or do they not even mention that? You know, they haven't mentioned and any of the because they also have a YouTube channel where you can watch them doing their tastings, so you have an idea of the flavor profiles of the bottles before you actually buy them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't recall them ever saying exactly how many they have. But I do have some in my collection that are number thirty six. Some say at least thirty six different distilleries. Oh dang! Yeah, I'm gonna That's say some around there. It's definitely a lot. Um, yeah, so you're getting a variety. That's that's actually really interesting. Interesting. I was going to say cool, but I changed it up. <laughs> you don't want what? You don't want our listeners to take a shot already? That's really interesting. Yeah, oh, I don't want. Take... The, I don't want to get them drunk. You know, I'm looking at their website right now, and one of their other cast numbers is numbered 53. So maybe there's 53 distilleries and up. Oh wow! That they work with. That'd be wild. Yeah, they're very private on it, so I don't know the specifics on that. But I know that the first number before the the decimal represents the distillery that they're getting that specific whiskey from. Yeah. They must be really good at networking if they have that many connections to that many distilleries. Well, I believe they started in Scotland, and it's actually Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. That's the original name of it. Mm. We, since we live in America, we are members of SMWSA. Scotch Mall Whiskey Society of America. Um, Because of how I think, I don't know if it's Scotland who has the issue or it's America, Mm -hmm. but one of us has an issue with how things are named. So some bottles will be the exact same blend. It'll have the exact same cast number, but the title will be different if you get it in Scotland versus America. Oh, okay. I see. And I think I heard them say recently um, and I don't want to put words in their mouth, but I think they said something along the lines, if the name has food in it, it cannot be used in America. Really? I think. I think that's what I heard. But fact check me if anyone but they else can out put there food on the label. They can put food on the label as in as a grape. They can put a grape on the label and that's OK. Just not in the well, name. Well, the grape you're referring to was for the uh, Mashin Journey Whiskey Club. Oh, for okay. this one. Yeah, for this one here, like the tasting notes, let's say, let's take that grape example you were talking about. Let's mm-hmm. say the tasting note had a grape note. It would have that on the tasting notes, but the actual name itself mm. wouldn't have that. Gotcha. Okay. Speaking of tasting notes, I love the tasting notes that, that SMWSA does in their bottles. They're very unique. Some are funny. Um, the one I'm drinking right now, I'll read it to you, Eric. You could tell me what you think. Okay. A sweet fragrance merged with an abundance of banana, melon, raspberry fruit, before we found sticky toffee and marmalade in a pine forest. Mm. Wow. In a pine forest. Inside in a of a pine, pine forest. forest. Wow. Inside of a pine okay. forest. That's creative. I like it. It's very creative. It's very unique. I love their tasting notes. Sometimes they're a little out there where I do not get it. Like, for example, the one I'm drinking right now is saying a pine forest. So I'm thinking of being in my dad's car as a kid where they had little fragrance pine trees hanging up. I'm thinking of that kind of note. Mm, yeah. Or a Christmas tree, for example. That works, too. They're, they have the pine scent. 
Oh, okay. I don't I don't get that in the scotch, but someone might. Yeah. Like you said, everyone gets a different, you know, taste out of things and different smells sometimes. Exactly. It's subjective. Mm-hmm. Scotch is in different regions of Scotland, and based on the region, that changes the profile. So for you listeners who actually like peated whiskey, if you're going to get a bottle of whiskey, and I'm not saying it has to be SMWSA, anything from Scotch from Isla, those are going to have your peated flavors and peated notes in there. Some distilleries from Isla are Lafroig and Ardbeg. And Ardbeg is the one, Eric, I talked about before, when I said I got that really harsh, kind of like a gasoline type of note, which I did enjoy. Mm. Um, but it is the one I had was very harsh on the peated profile. Okay. So with that said, let's jump into the price for people who might want to become members. And again, this podcast episode is not sponsored by anyone. We are talking about these things to help our listeners. It should. Tell them. We need to be sponsored by SMWSA as long as well with everyone else we talked about. Maybe yep. you, even a, even a free bottle sample that we can talk this is, about. This is free advertising. But for those of you who want to become members, the membership fee is an annual fee. And it's $99. So what that does, you pay $100 and it allows you access to purchase their bottles. Now, some people might be like, why would I pay $100 to be a member to purchase these bottles when I can go to my local liquor store and just get a bottle that I'm familiar with off the shelf? That's why, like I mentioned in the beginning, this can be geared towards people who want to adventure beyond that, who already have their whiskey collection or they're huge Scotch fans. Because, again, this is specifically on Scotch for SMWSA that want to expand their palate and try things that they're not going to every day. So if you're constantly a Johnny Walker drinker and you want to adventure out of it, this might be a good membership for you. Hmm, very cool. Now, cool. I said it again. Take a shot. Take a shot. Shot. Shot, 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 Everybody. Shot, shot, shot. There you go. Everyday items. What the? <laughs> what the? <laughs> Echo, stop. <laughs> Echo, stop. <laughs> Echo thinks I'm trying to order shots. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe that's a sign that we all need shots right now. <laughs> if, it's, if it's not one thing, it's another, dude. Dude, There's it's always not Frodo, it's, madness. It's the echo. <laughs> There's madness in my house every day. Jesus. Even your robots are talking to you, dude. I know. I never get a break. Oh, anyway, man. sorry to interrupt. Like I was saying before, Echo interrupted us. I'm, I'm echo was echo like, AJ, get to the point. That's what Echo I, was saying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get mm-hmm. to the point. Oh, okay. Go for so, it. Go for it. $100 for the year membership. Now, once you're already a member, the renewal fee is $79. So you do get a $20 discount. Sweet. So it is an advantage if you are a fan, which I personally am a huge fan of this company, to keep on renewing it so that we have access to the bottles during festival month, specifically again, which is in May. Gotcha. Little recap here. If you already have your whiskey collection and you want to expand to limited bottles or collector bottles, this is a good route to go. We talked about Flavior. We talked about clubs that we're members in, which is the Mash and Journey Whiskey Club. You can get become a member through their Patreon or the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society of America, which you can go on their website and sign up there. Nice. Okay. Anything else you want to add, Eric? Good info. No, I think that's it. I think that's a lot of information for anyone interested in joining clubs and um, a solid history lesson today. Well, Eric, it's been a pleasure talking to you again like usual, and I believe that concludes today's episode. Great. Well, thank you then, brothers and sisters. Uh, we'll see you on the next one. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.
You've been listening to the Brothers of the Dram podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Brothers of the Dram. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. On behalf of the crew, thank you brothers and sisters for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Cheers.